The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. getting their insides yeah. pulled out? That, yeah, I was going to say, it means that one of the ladies in my life has uh, had her uretus popped out today. Mm-hmm. I see. Let it not be said that TTWS podcasts are not educational. and Or, or responsible pet owners. Right. Indeed. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Okay, well guys, um, today is Mark 6th. 2947, and we are still those guys with ships, and this is the Versecast, our Star Citizen gaming community podcast, episode number 144. So, now guys, I got to play the Rift. Finally, I am no longer a VR virgin. I'm a player. And? Oh, thoughts? Uh, I have some deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Let's hear them. All right. Uh, Fantastic immersion. Um, So, uh, the uh, my friend who had one, he's uh, also he's the uh, game master for my um, uh, Blade Runner universe uh, tabletop game. Woo! And so showed up at his house to uh, play some tabletop, and he said, uh, "You need to come into my office here for a minute first. And so we spent a good part of the evening uh, playing around with the uh, um, with it was it was like video games used to be back in the way old days where there was like a, a gathering of nerds, everybody waiting to take turns playing with the same thing. Mm, yes. You know? You know, instead of everybody being able to, it was like, "Hey, can I can I get your last man?" Um, so it was um, anyway, fantastic immersion in in the demos and in the games designed for the Rift. So, and the the one uh, in particular that I played was called Chronos, um, and it's a third person uh, game. So it's it's third person, kind of like GTA is third person, except that that's how you're controlling your character. But you are in a um, you're in a spectator view, and so you say you you have a, a view of the room, and you navigate your character through the room as your character leaves the room to go to the next room. Your spectator position changes to the next room, and you have a point in that room where you are spectating from. So Does that weird you out at all? Um, no, it actually was very. Um, uh, it felt fairly fluid um, in, in, a, in a good way um, and it, it seemed to work I only played it for you know about 10 minutes because I had to give other nerds a turn uh, but it was um, it was still um, I thought that that part worked well and I immediately thought oh my god if they could port this to GTA if they could do a native port of this to GTA that would be that would be like my dream um, so anyway there were um, but he also he has the Vorpix, which I, I believe, uh, Mark, you uh, yeah. you gave a try. Yeah, let's you, yeah, port yeah. other games to, or yeah, make other games work with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the uh, the couple of games that we played in Vorpix played uh, Skyrim uh, Ace, the, uh, the the one with all of the uh, the fancy upgrades, the the one that you get if you have all the DLC oh. uh, for free. 
um, that one, and it was fun and it was interesting, but a little vomit comedy. Yeah, and it was. It, I could only do it for a few minutes, and then I was like, "Okay, it's the next nerd's turn," because I'm not having fun. Yeah. And I was like, with, with the native stuff, it was like, you know, hey, hey, Gleep's had too long a time. They don't call me Gleep there; they call me something else. But um, you know, it's it's my turn now. So we were fighting. But when it came to that stuff, it's kind of like, "Oh no, you go ahead. That's all right, dude. That's, that's fine. I, we're pretty sure you're going to throw up any time now, and that'll be cool." Um, so anyway, the bottom line for me is, I you know, I still I think that the tech is way more compelling uh, than what can be done with it. Um, but it was it was amazing. I mean, because there was, I mean, I'll, I'm going to link all this in the show notes. But there, you can take a look at, at Chronos and uh, and gameplay in there, and uh, just imagine that world and uh, being able to look all around in it. I mean, it was it was really fantastic. So and but then it was also it was my first time it was my very first time so of course I have I have um, strong and awkward feelings. Are you, about you it. a little nervous at first, but now you're okay with it. Um. Yeah. 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 I started smoking again. <laughs> Just kidding. wow. Just kidding. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's um. It, it was it was very um. It was very exciting, and I was you know was very um, very uh, happy to have had that experience. But then there's the other thing. The other part about it, and that's being able to see all all the grooviness uh, clearly, because I couldn't wear my glasses under the under the visor; they wouldn't fit. Yeah, that's so, that's part of the problem sometimes. Yeah, so it was. I mean, I I could see well enough that I knew where I was going and what I was doing, but it was because um, like when you take the visor off and the next nerd is playing, uh, you you can see what they're seeing on. Uh, he has it. Uh, uh, hooked to a, a huge uh, a flat screen TV, uh, so you can see what they're seeing, and uh, the resolution was nowhere near as crisp and clear, and the colors as vibrant as what I was seeing uh, through my my aged old eyes. Um, so um, now I was talking to um, um, uh, now uh, Avi. Uh, we were playing the other night, and he was telling me that that you can get prescription lenses. There's this outfit called VR Lens Lab, um, and so they advertise that they will. Uh, do prescription rift lenses for you for 39 pounds, which I'm guessing uh, with the current exchange rate is somewhere between 50 and 60 uh, bucks US. Um, and it's not really, um, it's not really, you know, that's which is, is kind of cool. I mean, you're still looking at spending what $600 on the unit to start, um, so you, you know, add another 10% on top of that. Um, but you know, it's what's unclear is like if this is actually um, a solution that is in cooperation with Oculus, or if this is you know sort of like a, a third, a third party aftermarket thing. I was like, like, like we all our first car, you know, it's like you know, did you buy the, uh, did you buy the oil filters from Ford? No, you, you got them from GenericOilFilters.com, and you know sometimes they leaked and sometimes they didn't. So I'm less comfortable doing that sort of thing with um, uh, with lenses, especially you know, with the idea of, of having a uh, electromagnetic radiation emitter strapped to your head with uh, some uh, some best guess technology uh, plugged in there. Because it, it doesn't, they don't even look like they, like they're meant to fit in there. It looks like they, they got a rift and they looked at the inside of the, of the lenses and go, you know if we put a little plastic prong here we could sort of wedge this up into the foam and maybe it'll stick. Oh, not not. That sounds legit. Not feeling too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just added some duct tape. Um, so anyway, it's and and the new ones are coming out soon. Uh, so I'm and I'm um, I'm uh, I'm going to see my optometrist uh, next weekend. So I'm going to, or actually, by the time you hear this, it will have been last weekend. Time machine, time machine. 
Um, so I'm going to talk to him because they have a form that you can print out where you enter your prescription and see if this is a thing that actually might work for me. So anyway, very cool, very excited for the technology. Um, not excited necessarily for any of the games that I think are available now. Although there's that new one, Robo... Um, what's it called? Robo... Uh, no. Robo... something... Um, Robo Beastmaster. We got this. <laughs> Robo Hyena. Robo Lawnmower Man. To go with, to, to go with the Swamp Thing Gladius, obviously. <coughs> Robo Pasta. Swamp Thing. Robo Recall. It comes free with, uh, if you buy the uh, the Touch, the Oculus Touch are the uh, the handles. Is this the three booby version? Or no? <laughs> it, it That's part of Total Recall, by the way. Call them. Yeah. Try to. Try to. Um, <laughs> I'm not uh, editing that out. I wouldn't. <laughs> sandwich um and so uh that looks pretty cool um and but it's still it's you know it's basically it's a it's a um a first person shooter that um if it were just available on steam in you know 2d i I would go hey that looks really cool and no i'm not interested so um but it's it's developing so anyway um i think i'm the last one of the four of us to uh to to uh give it a a try welcome to the fold yes i think so yeah. yeah yeah Um, so now, Jimmy, uh, there was a well. We'll talk about it another time. Um, but there was the, there was a um, uh, a new VR center. I think I, I tweeted uh, to you and Wolf uh, that opened up in your area where their uh, VR experience center. Um, and I forget it's like some cutting edge lab thing that it's it's basically like a um, not like a theme park, but it's um, uh, uh, the idea is that you can go experience all kinds of VR stuff. You know, be it movies or games or what have you. Uh, this one place you I guess you buy a ticket and get to try all the stuff so would be interested uh, to hear if you guys ever go there what you think of it yeah absolutely all right okay so um oh and I and I um I am remiss I did not mention at the end of the last show or I should have mentioned it at any point during the last show that uh following up on episode number what would be 142 now um, we had a lot of positive uh, feedback from folks um, about the show, and uh, I did want to mention then, because this is being heard a week later, uh, that we are going to get to that in this show. Um, so, and wanted to express our appreciation for everybody uh, reaching out with the with them kind words that they have. So, very very nice. All right, so um, Ace, uh, we missed you last time. Um, I I believe that you actually you were clinically dead, weren't you? Uh, feeling it like it, yeah. Yeah, well, we're glad that you got better. Um, and we had a, a question uh, that was sent to us, uh, was tailor-made for Jimmy, uh, from our friend Amontillado. And uh, we, uh, as we were discussing, I thought, man, I really wish Ace was here so we could uh, get his input on this. Because I know you are um, a fan of the, the stories of a lot of games um, and that you have, you have deep knowledge of the, um, the storylines of uh, several series of games and are an enthusiast in this area. So um, let me read that question again for you and uh, we can get your comments. Um, he said, Jimmy, so we'll just pretend when I say Jimmy, you hear Ace. <laughs> wow. You know, you could just say um, Ace. And go. <laughs> Jimmy. Ace. How do you think CIG should tackle religion and the lore? Should they have clergy, clergy NPCs, places of worship, real-world religions, or only fictional? Um, um, and, 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 
So um, we discussed, and I, I think I passed this video along to you uh, last week, uh, we discussed um, a, I did a little bit of research and found uh, the top 10 fictional religions in video games. Um, and they actually, the top because it is a top 10 list, of course there were 13 entries. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Baker's Dozen, if you will. Um, and uh, and I know that, that you definitely have uh, familiarity, of course, with uh, the Tomb Raider and the Halo. I'm, I'm sure several others of these, too. There are actually so, a number uh, of these that I'm familiar with. Okay, well, you have the stick, sir. Do I get to whack people with it? No, it's a talking stick. Oh. You don't hit people with a it's talking stick. It's a talking donut. You talk with it. <laughs> you either eat it or sit on it. Uh, Regardless, oh you, you can talk while you're, <laughs> while, while you're, while you're okay, in possession. Um... So yes, I am familiar with a number of these. Uh, for those, uh, I'm assuming you went through the list last time. That's the, that's we did. Okay, we did. So, I, I will. I will post. For the sake of brevity, then I won't. I will not go through the list uh, uh, bit by bit. But none of these I'm familiar with. Uh, the Yamatai from the Tomb Raider reboot. The Daedric Princes from the Elder Scrolls. The Church of the, of the Atom from Fallout Three. Uh, Los Illuminados from Resident Evil Four. Um, uh, the Covenant, of course, Unitology, and the Chantry of Andraste, or Andras. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of these are, are from RPG or, or larger uh, uh, larger fiction games, uh, but not all of them. Um, the, the, the Los Illuminados, the Unitology, and, and uh, Tomb Raider, the Yamatai, are all from sort of action-adventure games, um, or sort of suspense. And I do think adding religion to a game can add a, a sense of mystery of uh, mystique or um, uh, I would say in, in some cases especially with stuff like Yamatai and Los Illuminados uh, and even probably even even uh, Unitology from Dead Space a sense of like mystical horror because in all mm-hmm. those cases you have an otherworldly an unknowable presence that is alien and unusual to the to the to the protagonist and, and Tomb Raider the Yamatai is this mystical storm that keeps people trapped on this island and they cannot escape and it sort of tortures them and, and imprisons them there. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Los Illuminados and Unitology are uh, religions uh, steeped in cult behavior that doesn't end well for the followers. Uh, Unitology turned into space zombies. Los Illuminados you turn into regular zombies. Uh, uh, <laughs> but either way, they're zombies. Either way, zombies. Um, yeah. I'd say in terms of a closeness to an actual religion, I'd say probably uh, the Dajic Princes or the, the Chantry um, mm-hmm. are, are closer to what you what we might consider like a pantheon of gods or goddesses, uh, uh, worshippers and beliefs, rituals that are based around those. Um, the big difference, of course, for uh, um, the Dajic Princes and the Chantry is that those gods are much more tangible, I'd say, than, than mm-hmm. the gods that we have in the real world. So you can actually you know, smack them with a stick. Well, you <laughs> say that, stick. but, I mean, I mean, the funny thing is, you, yeah, back with, I mean, in, in um, Oblivion, you do see the god, the Daedric god of, the whole game is, like, the main story is based around uh, the Mayroon's Dagon and him coming into the mortal plane of Tamriel, and and there is a fight that in, that ensues with him. Oh, spoiler! Hello, jeez. 
<laughs> it's, it's been like what, like several years a now decade. since Oblivion? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, hey, some people are busy, right? In, I was in, in all the Elder Scrolls games, uh, you can get boons from the gods. Um, uh, Azura's star is uh, makes appearances in uh, Skyrim, Oblivion, and in Morrowind. Um, Azura, in fact, plays a, a pretty heavy role in Morrowind in, this, in the story. Um, and I do feel like it helps flesh out a world. Like, if we want to move on, also discuss about the other topic we want to move on to, which is talking about storytelling in games. I feel like having a religion in a game uh, sort of gives a sense of lived in for a universe. I mean, they, they don't ever talk about religion in, say... Uh, I don't know. Um, well, there was, there was some, and uh, they said Deus Ex. There's not mm-hmm. really much of a religion mentioned in Deus Ex. I may be proven wrong, but I guess I can't remember if there's a religion aspect in that. But I mean, uh, you know, Halo has the Force, or not Halo. <laughs> Halo, <laughs> has my... the force. <laughs> the force. Halo has the Force. Star Wars has the Covenant, which is good. <laughs> Star Trek has the has uh, you know has I don't Cthulhu. know Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's like that meme. Um, we are spot on here. This yeah, right. Is this is good. Mm-hmm. This is good podcast. Well, as, good, yeah, it's good radio. This is right excellent here. radio. Assassin's Creed has the uh, the the fallen race that you're sort of tracking down their art lost artifacts and their history and their lore from. Um, so there's a lot of that, and I feel like that's uh, sort of a history or a, a, a an otherworldliness to things that are beyond your control. It's something that's probably probably uh instinctual to the human condition that mm-hmm. even as our even as our ability to understand science and understand the universe around us has gotten better the further we look the more mysterious and, and wild and crazy the universe is the further out we go and i think that we will always have a capacity for wonder and uh bewilderment and even fear a little bit like there, that, that whole idea about Cthulhu, about, like, things being beyond your comprehension, not because you mm-hmm. can do it, but just because they are. The magnitude of that thing, whether it be giant space squids from beyond the, the galaxy, or just, you know, the impossible ability for humans to uh, accept, like, omniscience as a, as a, as a concept... Is you know it's a it's a little fearful so, and and we like yeah. having those stories, being able to acknowledge that there's stuff that we that we don't know because we're not capable of knowing. Right. Well, and there's some of that with with the Vandal in Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Vandal sort of represent that invader from without that mm-hmm. that we're not we're not familiar with that makes us uncomfortable. It sort of questions the how much control we have in the universe. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if the UEE is so fantastic, why can't they protect us from this very clear terror that it, from beyond the stars? Um, well, because we spend all this money on spaceships. Clearly. So yeah, um, and and you know, the Covenant is a an interesting theology in comparison to the UNSC in in Halo. Um, the Covenant is a very religious organization. If you if you like if you really want to get into the Covenant lore, there's stuff about like the ages, about how the Covenant history is wrapped up in their their religion. That mm-hmm. they have different ages of how the Covenant came to be, like the Age of Strife and then the Age of uh, 
Uh, cheese. You know, like, yes, the age of bees. Um, cheese. No one cares about bees. Cheese. Everyone oh, cares cheese. About cheese. Okay. But uh, smelly, there's cheese. Tell me more. Limburger. <laughs> Aged cheddar. The time of the Swiss. Sorry. I was going to say, like the uh, the, the uh, prophets in the Halo universe are sort of military theological leaders in the in the covenant. They are as much mm-hmm. priests as they are the the head of government for the covenant. In a way that's mm-hmm. very different from the way the UNSC is is depicted, which is sort of much closer to modern military where it's logic and reason and procedure the way that that is that, that's set up now i um I, it's been i played the first two halos i don't think i played anything beyond that so and i don't remember this happening in those two games did at, at any point did you get to in your role as you play master chief in all of them right you do Okay, so in in your role as Master Chief, do you ever get into a situation where having um, a rich knowledge of the Covenant's religion and the you know the, the 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 power structure within that religion that you've described, where that is critical to your success in the game? Um, in one of the well, so, sort of I, the 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 place where this um, most is prevalent is it actually in Halo Two. And Halo okay. 1, not so much. Halo 1 is basically you and your buddies uh, are trapped in this strange ring world with your backs up against a wall against two alien menaces, one known, one unknown, fight to survive. And that's basically right. the story of Halo 1. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, Halo 2, um, the Chief has has some knowledge about the prophets during... Uh, learns about the sort of the hierarchy and and uh, religious structure during Halo Two when they land on Delta Halo. For those of us in in the the um, gaming TGWS community that have played the Halo games as as religiously as I have, <laughs> pun, <laughs> pun, um, pun. Uh, the levels Delta Halo and uh, the second level on Delta Halo is, but the two levels that that are on on the actual ring where you play as the chief. Um, mm-hmm. You are tasked with capturing the Prophet of Regret, and during the mission, yes. you get some backstory on uh, from the Covenant, from the from the UNIC perspective, learning about how the Covenant are formed, who the Prophets are, where they stand in the Covenant hierarchy, and what happens when you kill one of them. Mm-hmm. As you may remember, mm-hmm. during Halo Two, the the Chief kills the Prophet of Regret, and it triggers a fairly nuclear response from the Covenant when it happens. Did he regret mm-hmm. that decision? He did. I, mean, I, think, I think that's actually the level names, regret. Oh. Um, but um, <laughs> I would say that if you want to look for deep religious discussion in Halo, you should be mm-hmm. looking at the Arbiter story. Because you may remember okay. that you play as the Arbiter in Halo 2 as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the Arbiter. And the Ar- yeah, the Arbiter. Uh, the Arbiter's Ar- story is... Um, much more steeped in the covenant religious uh, mythos, much more. Partly because there's a, there's like a like a 12 minute cutscene during like halfway through the game after you uh, for the arbiter's first level, where mm-hmm. after he's been humiliated for destroying the first for have, you know losing the first ring, he's dragged down into this mausoleum, uh, and the prophets meet him there and say. We're no, you're, we know you're no, you're no heretic. Uh, here's the real face of heresy. Uh, become the arbiter, the will of the prophets, 
and will set you loose against this heresy. But know that even though that you are reinstated, the role of Arbiter, while sort of like honored, also has this stigma and stain with it. You only become an Arbiter if you get disgraced as far as the Covenant is concerned. So... Uh, well, let's, let's let's bring it back to Star Citizen um, and and um, and uh, Monty's first question. How do you think that CIG should tackle uh, religion in the lore for for this universe? In the lore, they should go wild with it. I okay. feel like uh, religion should be a huge thing in this in the Star Citizen universe because it's a huge thing in our universe. And Star Citizen, to some degree, is based on our universe. Just extrapolated, you know, 500 years in the future. Fall of the Roman Empire. The fall of the Roman Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire in some in some places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remember that, that just because it's sci-fi doesn't mean that there isn't some religion involved. Uh, Mass oh, Effect sure. has some of that religion. I may point out that sure. Wing Commander, an early Chris Roberts game, Pilgrims, right. had that right. whole space space Christianity religion going for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an organizational structure. You know, it, it's not necessarily um, um, driven by any specific deity or set of deities. Well, I mean, it, it's a it's, it's an organization structure. Well, you may remember uh, on, on a high level. You may remember in Wing Commander, uh, at least in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a Wing Commander, the movie, they talk about pilgrims being able to like commune with space, and like one of the things that the, the pivotal moment in the Wing Commander film is that he's able to navigate that star. Uh, and put faith in his ability as a pilgrim more than just the Nava computer's custom, like like its preset calculations. Okay, so that's an excellent an excellent point to um, for me to ask this question. How do you think, in gameplay mechanic wise, that could be implemented? What I have in my mind is that you know, for instance, if Jimmy is smuggling into a system that has a particular um, is um, uh, Ruled or uh, where uh, the um, uh, the powers that be in that system uh, are members of a particular cult or sect or what have you, um, that him having some knowledge of how to talk to them, you know, and I'm imagining the inner thought system or uh, you know a dialogue wheel or what have you, uh, being able to negotiate through. Uh, either to get to the other side where his uh, his cargo or customer is waiting or being able uh, to uh, negotiate with them to get a better price or basically you know going into a situation where he has no chance of getting out alive unless he talks his way out um, so do you do you see that um, and Jimmy too do you see that as a, a viable gameplay mechanic that can be implemented in our universe given what we know about uh, uh, religion, what we'll call religion in the lore right now. I do. Yeah, I actually think that's uh, that would be a great uh, thing to implement. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm I not a fan of uh, religion in-game per se, because I'm, I'm just not an overly religious person, but I yeah. do see the, I do see the value in adding it to the game. Um, you know, it wasn't even a consideration last week when we were talking about it, or two weeks ago when we were talking about it, you know, um, how prevalent that is in, you know, in things, in, in every, in Quite a few sci-fi, uh, you know, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. They they constantly talked about uh, about their gods. Um, you know, Star Wars, of course, the Force. Um, so yeah, it is very prevalent in, in sci-fi. And Chris is a huge fan of the genre in general. So I'm sure it'll make its way into the game, either in lore or maybe even in mechanics at well, some point. Keep in mind, it could, they could also be a faction. 
Yeah. Imagine you have to, you know, you might end up uh, uh, to steal a, a phrase or a, a religion from Dead Space. Imagine you fly into Unitologist space, and you know, you know, you're, you're you personally don't have any sort of affiliation or standing with that group, but the the captain of the ship you're flying in does, and that allows you guys to do business in that space, whereas yeah, otherwise totally. you wouldn't be able to do so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I imagine uh, um, uh, uh, an example that kept coming to my mind uh, since we talked about this last time was um, Indiana Jones and what was the one with uh, Sean Connery, where is his father, the Grail Quest one. Um, Quest of the Holy Grail? The Last Samurai? Indiana Jones Last and the Crusade. Samurai? Um, no. Last Crusade. The best... Uh, so, Chorizo and eggs. Um, Indiana Jones and a oh. breakfast sandwich. And the breakfast sandwich. Wasn't it Temple of Doom, uh, but, was it? Or, uh, or uh, what was it? No, not Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Totally that one. This time, <laughs> he's bringing his dad. Um, so, I, but, you know, how cool would it be, like, if you could, um, for some portion of, maybe for a character, you know, take this back to last week when we were talking about uh, uh, you know, creating new characters and character customization. What if you have a character um, in your long line of characters that you will eventually have um, over the course of, of uh, the game's lifetime um, that you could, in, using that context, the Indiana Jones context, uh, be one of the Knights Templar, who's um, you know a secret society. You, people don't know that you're a part of this group, but as being a part of this secret society, you uh, you go about your daily business, but also you have this other purpose below the surface, where you are protecting a, a holy artifact. Um, you know, uh, and even um, uh, you know as 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 it ended up happening in that movie, you're you're saving the holy artifact for the one that is supposed to receive it. I think that that would be kind of fun. I feel like part of the funny thing for me is that having played a lot of the Assassin's Creed games, mm-hmm. uh, the Templars hold an entirely different context for me. Because they're the villains yeah, of the yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed games. It's right, like right, 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 right. Facing an interesting idea. Again, uh, it's not. You no, know, there is a trope called Space Romans. For the idea of. <laughs> it is. And a show title. Uh, long dead uh, religions or, or factions coming back to life in space. And I don't mm-hmm. see why you couldn't have that happen with, with like a religion. Well, sure. It's an organizational structure. I mean, you know, and it's and especially, you know, it's it's easy to, um, you know, it's, it's like it's why we keep uh, uh, to some extent, it's why we keep getting reboots of old movies is because they've already got the script. Yeah. You know, it's uh, so, hey, just take it off the shelf and here, we need we need a way to organize people. But um, but um, you know, just space dust romance. it off and there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So now, um, uh, the next question that that uh, Monty had asked was about places of worship, and what, whenever I think of that, what I'm thinking of is, uh, was it Mustafar? Is that the place where Vader has his uh, temple in um, Vader's castle? In, um, yeah, Vader. Uh, I, was that was in Rogue One? Wasn't it's it? It's in Rogue One. No, it yeah, was. It's in yes. Rogue One. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how? Uh, so places of worship. How cool would it be that if you had um, uh, there was, you know, uh, someone, you know, like the, the the dark side of the force. There was, you know, some uh, religious organization that, that that was sort of, you know, their guiding principle was Vandal uh, cultists. Was, you know, yeah, and that they had a place of worship like this that either you would attack, uh, need to infiltrate to um, uh, to gain information. Maybe you've got a spy on the inside, 
and you need to, you know, again, for, you know, for Jimmy to do some data running. You have a spy on the inside who's going to help you with some Death Star plans, and so you need to get your Herald in there to, um, uh, to retrieve those plans and, and carry them out. So um, what, do you, uh, what do you think about that as far as how important that is to um, the quality of gameplay to have those sorts of um, monoliths, you know, monolithic, uh, type structures that could be planets, could be systems. It could be that you have a, a planet within a system that is um, a particularly uh, sacred place to uh, people of a particular cult, and um, uh, then here comes your risk and reward um, uh, a mechanic. Uh, they've got something there that is of extreme value, be it information or you know, uh, you know, uh, jewelry, uh, artifacts, what have you. Um, that. It's going to be really tough to get out of there, but if you do, you're going to be not only you're going to be a hero, and you're going to make uh, a bunch of a bunch of cheddar too. Who cheddar? I don't know cheddar. how uh, feasible that will be. I mean, I don't know. We haven't. I mean, how many can even top them off the top of their heads? Any of the religions in Star Citizen? I know that there is a religion, like a nomadic based religion, around traveling. Uh, but I right, I yeah, can't. Traveler's Day. Uh, um, well, it's funny is I just did a search in uh, Loremaker's uh, in the Loremaker's Guide section mm-hmm, while we've been mm-hmm. chatting to see if there was mm-hmm. anything for religion. I didn't find anything. Probably just Traveler's ah. Day though. And yeah, they that, that doesn't mean that. Yeah, I'm sure they've made references sporadically here and there that we're just that we're just not aware of. But I didn't see any like Loremaker's Guide to religion at all. And it, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, we we probably, if we're going to see it anywhere, I could see it being a plot point or an element maybe used in Squadron 42, like family huddling in a church doing a vandal attack, or, uh, you know, you're on board the, uh, the Idris and the vandal ship jumps in and the captain mutters, God help us all, or something like that. But I don't see it being a major thing. Hmm. No space Vatican? <laughs> No space Romans, no space Vatican. Ah, that's too bad. Um, and so then uh, the other question he asked, which I thought was interesting, is what uh, real-world religions are only fictional? Um, I could see... I'd say probably fictional, because... It's, on, it's only 500 years in the future. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, let Some me point out... Some of the religions out- we have, have been, now have been around for thousands and 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 thousands of years. Uh, true, but let me point out that when uh, Halo 2 was in development, uh, the Arbiter's original name was going to be Dervish, which is, as you might imagine, uh, a, a partially Islamic uh, reference phrase. Oh, yeah, the, whir- the whirling Dervish. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. that did not go over very well, and the name was changed. Used to see them at dead shows a lot. Uh, so my, my point being, that was for an alien race... Uh, of of bad guys that you're supposed to shoot at, and mm-hmm. you know the phrase was you know religion is a touchy thing. You yeah, want to be real yeah, careful I with that. Totally and I, agree. I would find it unlikely that CIG would include real religions in Star Citizen for fear of either looking like they're playing favoritism or getting themselves involved in a, a, a debacle or a controversy. It, it could be too. It could be too limited. Uh, uh, that's why I say like a for, a for the potential downside. That's yeah. why I say like if you're going to make a religion, it would be a religion that's based in the lore and the universe. 
Yeah, and we might see like the Tavarn religion, um, you know, uh, Banu. Uh, Something about the Vandal. May even learn more about yeah the Vandal, um, you know, and their their religious beliefs. So I would guess that they'll probably do more exploring um, in that respect with alien religions. And remember that there are there are some religious affiliated player run orgs that are out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that, it's not that's to say true. that it will be it will be scrubbed entirely, but I don't think if it's if it's going to be included in the game, I would not think CIG would be the impetus for including uh, real religions. That'll be a player-built thing. Or role-play-based organizations yes. that, you know, are, um, they could design, you know, some a, a, a structure that has religious flavor to it, um, and that's the uh, that's the world that they choose to play in. So space I, Templars, and your space assassins. Space Templars, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Um. So, all right. Well, I, I thought um, I thought it was an interesting conversation, and, and we, we missed you so much last time. We we were so sad that you had died, and um, we were really hoping they could resuscitate well, you. You know, how it's happy it's we been that they did to make a, an Episcopalian joke. It's you know, it's been more than three days. I've risen from the grave, making <laughs> making religious references. Well, that's good. You should, <laughs> that's you should probably start your own religion. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be a. Can I be a, an an an, an Azaminian acolyte? Ooh, Ooh Azaminian acolyte. Careful, that'll go through to my wow. head. Wow, yeah, that is yeah. impressive. He already this has is... the bald spot. <laughs> so the, wow, I just need the brown robe, and I'm I'm just already medieval class. You don't even have to tonsure yourself. Is that what it's tonsures? Tonsures? Yeah, tonsure. Yeah, yeah you don't even the, have to tonsure. Friar Ace. Yeah, fr- Friar, Friar Ace. Ace. <laughs> you better start drinking a lot if you're gonna play that role. Making you just made me think about uh, uh, Robin Hood, L- L- little little John Toe, Brian, Brian. little John Toe. <laughs> oh man! Oh dear! All right. Well, thank you, Ace. I thought it was it was very very uh, interesting stuff, and I uh, look forward to um, you know. And I, it's interesting, Jimmy, that you you didn't find anything right away. That's um, I, I, that kind of surprises me. I wonder. To be yeah, fair, they probably have something. more on their plate at the moment. They're probably yeah. building lore and writing the story for Squadron Forty Two, and and. Religion stuff might have been something that they really fleshed out or considered early on when they were mm-hmm. doing writing all those in lore pieces like uh, like um, uh, the Lost Generation and Dateline Sesson and all those that you mm-hmm. know they, you notice that they've stopped writing a lot of those they're not writing them nearly mm-hmm. as often and and any sort of lore based religion discussion probably would have happened during then or maybe after Squadron Forty Two is released and they decided it's like all right let's flesh out the Star Citizen world now yeah. Well, I, I personally, I hope they in, include it, and I think I was, um, I forget who I was, I think it might have been Monty I was talking to about this, uh, the guy who submitted the question. Um, you know, um, the two seminal uh, uh, franchises in uh, sci-fi nerddom, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, Star Wars, definitely, you know, the narrative is tied together by a spiritual, mystic sort of um, um, uh, theme. Uh, you know, you, you, your force, and you know, all, you can... Probably, probably people have done doctoral doctoral uh, dissertations. I would like on, to point uh, out that on. Rogue One is the first time we've seen the Force as a religion, as opposed to a, a tool uh, or a. No, 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 no. The stuff that I mean, the stuff that Yoda was doing with Lucas, you know, as far back in the. In the well, but I mean, I mean but that's... I mean, people who worshipped it who were not Force users, because that's because that's what you had with uh, a chariot th- and base. Yeah, I think what what. What Ace is referring to is that uh, Rogue One's the first time that you see it as a practiced um, 
or, or as a a oh, follower a, based religion as opposed to a a practice uh, based right. uh, well any, anyway having that sort of mystery having yeah. you know religious mystery I think um, that's that's way thick in in the Star Wars universe uh, not so much in Star Trek I mean and I think that and I think that that's why just for you know the story of it um, uh, that's why I think I prefer Star Wars. Because I, th- I think it has it has that sort of uh, mystery, that wonder, that wonder, yeah. mysticism. You know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has it has that you know sort of um, things that are bigger than us. You know, whereas you know in in Star Trek, it's sort of like you know just get down to engineering and figure this out, Spock. You know, so all righty. Well, very good. Um, now, gosh, man, we uh, we uh, we ate up some time there. Um, Ace, do you want to do a, a little? Well, you know what? Why don't you do? Um, because this is the more um, the more uh, uh, time sensitive uh, topic. Why don't you uh, talk about uh, dice and uh, the future of the Halo? Uh, there was, I guess, a talk given by Bonnie Ross. Yes, there was. Um, and and with respect to Star Citizen, I feel like it's worth discussing. Uh, so she did a presentation at Dice about. Uh, the future of the Halo games uh, and a discussion about storytelling versus characters or narrative versus um, uh, characters and, and gameplay versus cutscenes and you know how you wrap all of that together. Uh, they mm-hmm. feel the one thing that they talked about was the feeling that uh, they had done a lot of uh, work on sort of complicating the games with as much information as possible uh, so that the games play had a very rich a very rich story but mm-hmm. that one of the things they talked about was that doing so sometimes confused a player because it's hard to take in story beats while you're being shot at by aliens <laughs> nah. uh, you know and I, I, I refer to it personally as tiny talking screen syndrome where like you're being shot at by aliens but there's a tiny talking head in the corner of your screen that's telling you something that's vitally important at that very moment you have got to stop giving me show titles <laughs> um and you know, talking about about using that versus doing something like in you know transmedia stuff like books and movies and audio and uh, short stories stuff that Star Citizen has done a lot of. I mean, you know, uh, a, a separate law, uh, Lost Generation, Dateline Sesson, all of these short stories that are in Star, uh, Star Citizen don't necessarily have to mm-hmm. directly relate to the players' experience as experienced in game, but they do mm-hmm. flesh out the universe. Um, and for Halo, there's there's I Love Bees and Hunt the Truth, which are a pair of radio audio dramas that came out before Halo 2 and Halo 5, respectively. And they're both absolutely fantastic. If you're curious about the Halo lore and want to figure out what it like it's like living in the Halo universe from someone other than a seven-foot-tall super soldier, listen to those. <laughs> they're worth listening to. Um, but uh, some of the discussion about characters versus narrative, you know, uh, if you play... Um, Something like Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. The characters stick with you, but you may not necessarily remember all of what the, the narrative, the story was about. And sometimes that's what people take away from it. I think, I think Firefly is the same way. There's not a real strong narrative through, through, through Firefly, but the characters mm-hmm. are the parts that people talk about and they take away from those games. Right, right. You have, you have people that you relate to. And I feel like, you know, it's... Uh, uh, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, does a fantastic job of creating a very strong narrative, but the characters aren't are necessarily as fleshed out as they could be. But the story is so enthralling that you want to keep going. It's like a page turner. You just want to keep following the storyline and trying to find where that balance is. Because I feel like 
Halo 5 did a decent job at creating uh, a narrative that would that that you know structurally moved from point to point to point, but the characters mm-hmm. were so detached and so difficult mm-hmm. to 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 uh, relate to that that the story did not make a strong impression on me as a as a, as a player. Um, right, that's something that, right. that they talked about is is you know finding that balance between the two. I hope CIG does a good job. I feel like they have designed characters that, so far, at least that we've seen some of, that look like are going to be interesting. We have Mark Hamill's character. We have Gillian Anderson's. There's talk about the old man. There's, you know, there's uh, um, the motion capture stuff that we've seen already. I feel like they'll, ha- they'll create some characters that are uh, really interesting to us as players uh, mm-hmm. that I hope are something that we ta- we're talking about. You know, Sergeant Johnson from the Halo series is something that people imitate and... Can, are is sort of instantly recognizable as the smack talking, right, loud mouth, right. you know, sergeant. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope that Mark Hamill's old man, may, maybe four or five years down the line, is someone that people are cosplaying as because he's such an iconic character. Well, the, Chris has said that a number of times that he is very much um, uh, uh, dedicated to creating. Uh, characters and a narrative which supports those characters that we care about, that you become, you know, invested in, and that when they die, you know, uh, hello, is uh, George R. R. Martin here? Uh, when they die, you know, it it touches you, it hurts you. Yeah. Um, so I think, and I, and I do, I do understand the balance that she talks about in the presentation about game, gameplay versus cutscenes. That mm-hmm. that cutscenes can be long, but if they're engaging, mm-hmm. people enjoy them. The, like I said, the cutscene for. Uh, uh, the first Arbiter level in Halo 2 was something like 8 or 9 minutes long. It's like one of the longest game cutscenes I've seen out there outside of maybe Metal Gear Solid, which has... That doesn't you know, count. Like a half an hour cutscene, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think Metal Gear Solid 4, Sons, like, I think Sons of, like, Sons of the Patriots yeah. or something like that, had like an hour and a half long cutscene that, that my friend and I went and made lunch while the cutscene was playing in the other room. <laughs> it's incredible. And came back and watched really? the end like of it. Like 10 hours of cutscenes in the game. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of yeah. ridiculous. There is, like, there is a balance there. Um, but I do feel like uh, if you've ever watched, if you ever, if you want to go watch gameplay of like Halo Five, like the opening, like uh, act of Halo Five, you are thrown into a combat environment with, you know, eight or nine enemy combatants, your yourself, and then your squad, and then there's also radio chatter going on about let's sort of like progressing the the narrative, of what's going on in the story, plus the enemy combatants yelling things, and your and your players are yelling things. Your your AI companions. So, like, mm-hmm. trying to understand what's happening in the story while all that is going on at the same time is mm-hmm. really difficult to do. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like something like Mass Effect finds found a balance in that uh, when you go on a mission with your two squad mates in Mass Effect 2 and 3, uh, there is some combat chatter. There's some chatter about, like, oh, you know, this, 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 this place used to be a ruin of great importance, and now it's just a battlefield, or, uh, you know, those poor people in that settlement. Or, but, like, it's not like all right, now we need to go here, and you need to do this, and check out, you know, this squad is doing this, and, and orbital support is coming in from here, and, you know, it's like, I've got ten bad guys in front of me. i got to focus on those so they don't kill me in the immediate scenario. Yeah, yeah. Priorities. Yeah, priorities. So, um, I, I, I apologize if I didn't catch the first time. Uh, what What is next up in, in the Halo universe? Uh, so, Halo 2, uh, or not Halo 2, uh, Halo Wars 2 just came out, uh, okay. and, and they talked about how they... Uh, in the dice speech, you talked about how they moved towards uh, focusing on 
gameplay being for gameplay sake and having some very light narrative moments in there, but the cutscenes are where the, the bulk of the story is carried. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and apparently from what I've reviewed, read of the reviews, Halo Wars 2 is pretty darn good. Uh, so and okay. it's a it's a RTS for the console, which is sort of a weird okay. Okay. sort of a weird mix of genres. Uh, okay. But it does pretty well. Uh, and then Halo Six is coming out. Mm-hmm. I don't know a year or two from now. Um, now is that going to be for Scorpio? Uh, probably for the one. It'll probably be for the Xbox One. Um, okay, because I thought isn't the Scorpio coming out at the end of this year for for the holidays? I d- I've not heard anything about that. Code name Scorpio. I have not heard um, anything about the next being the next console. No, it's not the next console. Okay. It's just a uh, it's an update, I believe, to it. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, then it'll probably be for yeah. the it'll probably be for the one then, but it'll probably yeah, be hard to update. Is. Yeah. Um, okay. The one thing that she did mention, I think this is really important to point out, is that they talked about the decision to remove split screen from Halo Five. Dumb. That's the only reason I didn't buy it right there. Didn't buy it. That. That was, that was you'll be happy to know, exactly the thing that you talked about, that a lot of people didn't buy Halo 5 because they couldn't play it with people, with family members. And I mm-hmm. think that shared gameplay experience that, like, I played this, let me pass it on to you so that you can play this and we can have the shared experience together. Because my yeah. wife and I played through all the Halo games early on in our, in our relationship. All th- mm-hmm. went through one through four together. And when Halo mm-hmm. 5 came out, the same thing. Just didn't buy it. I was like, well, if I can't play it with my wife, you know, I, you know, I love the games, don't get me wrong, but the story isn't, is not is so far not panning out to be very good from the original, initial reviews, and I can't play it with my wife, so what interest do I have in it? And she, they talked about how that any FPS Halo game from here on out is going to include split-screen uh, co-op as much as possible. That's a Bravo, great idea. Bonnie. I think it's a great idea, and but I think uh, CIG has talked, has waffled back on, back and forth on what they're going to do for uh, possible co-op for Squadron Forty Two. I still, I think it's still too far to decide whether or not that's going to happen or not. Uh, well, I don't think. I think in the initial release, there's there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, and that's yeah. very possible. Maybe down the road. Yeah. In, I don't know if they're going to do DLC for Squadron Forty Two. They talked about doing drop in and drop out. They've talked about different scenarios that they wanted to do, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't find it very very likely. Maybe maybe you know it would be a feature that comes in with uh, the second installment of Squadron Forty Two. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. You know, who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, very good, Ace. Thank you very much for that. Um, I think it's um, exciting stuff uh, for um, for all us nerds that uh, we play the games, you know, for for the story and the lore and the um, um, the world, you know, the the world that is created for us to uh, to exist in. I mean, I think that the, the VR supports that. I think you know, having strong lore in a VR environment is going is going to be very exciting. So it's all really cool stuff that uh, is on our horizon. I, so we shall keep our eyes peeled. I would say just, you know, if that's not your thing, don't feel bad mm-hmm. about it. Uh, I have a friend of mine at my workplace who mm-hmm. could care less about story. He's all mm-hmm. about gameplay and multiplayer stuff. Just like, just mm-hmm. does not care. And that's valid right, too. Right. Sure. I mean, it's whatever you have fun doing. I mean, yes. some people, you know, like all they, all they do is play, what are they, MOBAs? You know, they're like League of Legends and that kind yeah. of stuff. Oh God! I, I just whoop, shoot. Oh my we God! We have our explicit rating me. for the episode. I'm pretty sure that's still PG-13. It was only one. 
You just can't say it more than once. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Just like podcast can, ratings. Can, only one. You can so shot side boob or or you know, top up frontal. Just as long I don't, as I don't as know it's if I not, wanna see as it's not intimate in nature. I, I, I don't I think, know if I wanna see at least I think side boob. F, I th- I think an F bomb is is still uh, is uh, beepable. Oh man, you got beeped. Please, please beep me, Jimmy. Beep me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's move on to uh, <laughs> to some other stuff where I know there's no nasty words. I was just so glad we know we know where Gleep's button is. Like that's that's the the one thing that gets him to swear. Yeah. Well, Mobas right, man. Right. Put a moba in front of me, and I just turn into a sailor. All right. Um, so. Uh, John uh, gave us some stuff from the uh, forums to uh, to consider. A very cool thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Bunyan Snipe cosplaying as himself. <laughs> is it actually him? That's what I really want to know. I, I believe that it is that actually is truly him. impressive uh, costumery. Yes. Yes. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'll there, of course, will be a link in the show notes to that because uh, we a picture is worth a thousand words and we don't have a thousand words left on the uh, on the show. So... Um, and then uh, Jernavy, uh, and I mentioned earlier that uh, folks uh, gave us a lot of, um, of nice feedback uh, to episode number 142. And uh, uh, among those responses uh, was uh, Jernavy. Uh, he uh, talked about the, um, the podcast um, uh, review that we, that we read last time, and uh, he said some really nice things. Um, he's, uh, I guess I should, I'll read it here. He just says, While I have not been very active on the forums in some time, I do thoroughly enjoy each, week, each week's podcast. Uh, first, I'd like to give you a big thank you to all of those involved, as I am sure it takes up plenty of your free time. So thank you, Gleep, Mark, Jimmy, Ace, and we can't forget Jonto. Uh, secondly, this is not meant to be a dig at the uh, review. Uh, everyone is entitled to her opinion, his or her opinion. Uh, that being said, I would like to take a moment to point out that how much the podcast has changed and it has become a well-produced outlet and source for people like myself. Gone are the days of needing volume adjustments and mics clipping. Uh, the trimmed-down nature of what the show is becoming is approachable for a casual listener, but detailed enough to have focused discussions. Lastly, I'd like to take a moment to thank those guys with ships for welcoming me back when I joined. From day one, I was welcomed in, and if I had a question, someone was there to help out. Surely, it's this open-door atmosphere that keeps me engaged, even though I have not had a lot of time to be actively involved. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, he looks forward to our future endeavors together. So, um, so thank you very much for that, Jernavy. Really, really do appreciate that. Um, but we have new members as well. Uh, oh, geez, we're going to start off with a good one here. You can do it. Eeny. E- Eniar Riatsala. Oh, um, <laughs> so hi, guys. Mobas, MOBAs and, and difficult to pronounce names <laughs> and things that drive you nuts. Criminy is not a bad word, sir. Uh, I, can, I can maintain my PG rating with a criminy. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, uh, Jimmy, can you believe him out in post? Just, just, to, just, to, just to increase the perception of his spoiler mouth. We, um, you can't do it now that you uh, just said it. Oh, it doesn't yeah. count now. Now we're just going to have to Shots. move on. Fourth wall. Blown. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Keep it up. I think you'll have a lot to talk about this year. Yeah. Uh, see you in the verse. Doc Fox joined us at I Like This Org's Vibe. I, I, I think I wonder if that's like anything like the cut of our jib or what was the other one? Something about porridge, I'm sure. It's definitely something about porridge. <laughs> it's got to be in there. Mark, you had a whole I list know, of but it. I forgot the jib was my was mine. That's why I joined. All right. So I don't know about the rest. 
I think this is a good fit for me. Please consider this application. I considered it. I accepted it. Welcome aboard. Aldemer joined us. Said, hey, those guys with ships, long-time listener, first-time applier. I've been listening to the show every week since last summer and am finally applying. I recently moved from Virginia to Alaska. This is the guy that moved to Alaska. More on that to come later. And since my gaming time doesn't line up with the East Coast anymore, I'm looking to expand my network in the verse. Since 2.5, I've played almost nightly. Wow. Uh, other than when I'm away for work. And enjoy passing time in Crusader, just chatting with the community and searching out new backers. I recognize how daunting the new player's experience can be and try to soften it as best I can. I consider it therapy after a long day at work. Since 2.6, my favorite pastime is loading up my Herald with players who have never been to see Benny Henge and taking them on a field trip to see it. A trip it sounds like you guys need to sign up for based on what I heard at the tail end of the last episode. He's right. My hangar includes a Carrick. Carrick is life. Terrapin, Sabre Comet, a Freelancer MIS, a M50 Herald, Dragonfly. Looking forward to joining up with you guys in chat. Fear not, I also have a GTA 5 character who could possibly use some attention. Wow, this is kind of weird because... Well, I'll get to that in a second. All right. Falcroth joined us. He said, hello, it's Falcroth. I've been following Star Citizen since 2015 and your podcast for the past couple of months. I'm the proud owner of a Drake Cutlass and am very excited for the upcoming revamp. I already have an organization with a good friend of mine, but I'm looking for more casual people to play with. What first got me into Star Citizen was actually Elite Dangerous. Once I played Star Citizen at a friend's house, when I went back to Elite, it was like flying a whale through a sea of lard. <laughs> that is a beautiful, wow. beautiful that, ventilator. That is a great analogy. Oh, man. I am also an amateur writer and would love to share some of the Star Citizen series I am currently working on um, when some of it is finished. Very clearly, he is a writer, if you can come up with that sort of description. Sign me up. Yes. I love reading. Yeah. This guy. Sysek joined us. He said, hey guys, it's been a very long time. I've been a very long time listener. Started somewhere around the fifth podcast. I love the show and the sense of community. I found Star Citizen through the Kickstarter, and I was a huge freelancer fan, so I had to jump in. I've got an Avenger and a Reliant as my fleet. I finally have a rig that should run Star Citizen with an FPS higher than four. (laughs) That's good. You want higher than four. Yes, higher than four Uh, is definitely plus. I work as a youth outreach minister at a drop-in center, so my schedule isn't really compatible with most orgs out there, so I figure I'm a perfect fit for those guys with ships. I look forward to seeing you folks out in the verse. P.S. For Gleep's benefit, it's pronounced Sysac. Hey, look at that, a pronunciation guide. Huh? Nice. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the, what I was referring to earlier is that Sysac came out and played uh, GTA with Turd and I last night, and... Um, uh, I, I confused him with uh, the other guy, who is... The other guy with Aldemer. ship? Aldemer. Aldemer, the guy who has the GTA Five character. So I was saying, hey, Sysek, what's it like living in Alaska? He's he very confused. Well, I don't live in Alaska. <laughs> like, why are you asking <laughs> said, me? But, yeah. Why are you asking it, me that question? It says in your application that you live in Alaska. And he says, no, it doesn't. I said, huh. Yes, it does. <laughs> Conform. I'm sure it does. Wait, you're the guy that gave... And, and when he came into chat uh, in TeamSpeak, I totally butchered his name. Oh. And then he corrected me. I don't want him to think... He's a very nice guy. He, I don't think he even corrected me. But then I said, oh, you're the guy that gave me the pronunciation guide. And he said, yes, that's me. After you butchered his name. After. <laughs> of course. 
So I just started calling him Asai. First impressions, bleep. <laughs> First impressions. Yes. Yes, I have none of that. So anyway, uh, it was very it was very fun playing with him last night. He's uh, he's got a he's got a massive uh, GTA character, which is what's again why I confused because the other guy said he has a GTA character. He's got he's got all all the all the guns, all the cars, all the uh, all the uh, clothing. So um, he hooked uh, you up. It was a, a lot. Um, he well he uh, he came and helped me um, uh, do some of my stuff. Uh, so that was uh, if that's what you mean by hooking me up. Yes, he did. So uh, anyway, look forward to playing uh, with him again. Drake Guy joined us. He said, hey, guys, I heard about Star Citizen back in the Kickstarter days, but I didn't join until 2.5. Now I'm in that wonderful place where I have to manage expectations while I await the full potential Star Citizen has to offer. Welcome. In the meantime, Yes. In the meantime, I've been absorbing as much Star Citizen content as I can in my daily one-hour commute. I found your podcast, and it always goes to the top of the list when it comes out. Your org seems like it will have the perfect set of expectations for me. Low. (laughs) Perfect. Excellent. Mm Mm-hmm. My time is limited and sporadic, so when I play, I want to be among friends that won't expect me to be an ace pilot. We have an ace pilot already. His name's Ace. Um, or crack shot. We have we have a crack pot. I mean a mark. We have a black <laughs> well, well done. Black. Keep going. Freudian slip. Thank you. Uh, when I listen to your podcast, I think to myself, now there's a group of guys I could hang out with and just be me. I bring an Aurora MR, 315P, and 85X to the table. I probably won't get any more ships as I feel like buying the bigger, better ships will actually be taking away goals and gameplay once the game goes live. I appreciate the podcast. You guys are doing it right. Look forward to hanging out in the verse. Drake guy. Welcome, Drake guy. Uh, and then uh, today, uh, Lizard... Lizard Dodo... Wow. I really, I really want someone to join the pod, join the org yeah. with like a name like Mitzelplik and just watch Gleep struggle. Oh, that's impressive. I've been looking around for a group that looks interesting and stumbled upon you guys. He stumbled upon us. Ow, ow. Uh, I wanted to join to. I want to join to team up and learn the game better. Well, you have welcome. Uh, please, please help me with your name. Uh, fo- follow the site, the Sisek. Uh, he, the pronunciation guide is the way of the future. All right, and then over on the website, uh, Deadhead Fred joined us, as did Aldemar and Sisek and Falcroth. Um, so welcome, guys. Uh, introduce yourself on the forums if you haven't already, and we. Um, uh, we will uh, look forward to your contributions. Uh, go find the Dietrich. Challenge him. Um, and then we got mail. We got um, a mail from uh, from uh, Jonathan Cooper. And he had a... Um, gosh, you know what, Jonathan? I'm going to punt this one till next time. Again, again, I'm doing this to you, sir. I apologize. But this is uh, something that is worthy of a 10-minute conversation. And we don't yeah, have time for that's that right gonna be, Yeah, this is going to be a nice one. Okay. Do you see? So, um, Jonathan, um, it is is going to remain in the notes, and we will pick it up as soon as we can. All right. Um, we heard from Sandman. He said, um, "I just wanted to write in and make you guys feel good because of what you talked about on the last week on last week's podcast. I absolutely love your podcast. Each of you are unique characters. The way you guys talk about Star Citizen and also other topics. I love all the nerd talks from Star Wars to Game of Thrones to even the Expanse. Yay! Is great." I listen to several Star Citizen podcasts weekly. He listens to Redacted Guard Frequency, Neuralcast. I've not heard of That's them. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Um, and those guys with ships. And you guys are my favorite. Yay! He says, I'm a dork. Yay! Ooh, but he likes it. Um, he says that Ace is the resident, resident cynic. Tough love. Um, Mark was... 
Mark was really cool. Rest in peace. <laughs> what? I missed one night, and you guys somehow I'm dead. What did you talk about? I, I, in, in in defense, I died and came back. So That's true. We got, we got a resurrection and, thing going uh, on. James, you are the village wise man. Wow, really? I expected the village part, but I was not expecting wise <laughs> man. Is that what you are? <laughs> Idiot. Bicycle? Oh, yes, that's what, yeah, that's what we go with. Okay, and he says he really appreciates <laughs> what we do for the community, and he's got no complaints about our modus operandi. And then he says, on another note, I'm in the same boat as Gleep. I haven't been in the mood to play lately either. The PU is still broken for me in many aspects. My freelancer doesn't land right, and it drifts and it spins when I'm EVing. I've got like 50,000 AUEC with nothing to spend it on. I think that I, I think they might have fixed that in the latest patch, um, but uh, in point one. Um, so, and I played the hell out of Star Marine and Arena Commander, but that's not why I got into Star Citizen. It was the promise of a vast, rich, and beautiful space universe, so until they put tangible gameplay into the PU, more than the current basic mission set, where there are activity loops that eat up hours of time, such as mining an asteroid or planet, landing, uh, loading it into a ship, taking the materials across space to sell at a merchant, rinse, repeat, there's nothing that makes me want to hop on right now. Hopefully 3.0. I'm thinking, you know, especially with the addition of mining, like we were saying. Um, I'm looking forward to when they have a system like that in place. We all are. But anyway, I'm a big fan, and I plan on joining the org when the game is further along. Kind of no point in doing so now. Please don't stop doing what you're doing, because it's great and very much appreciated. So um, uh, thank you very much, Sandman. We really appreciate uh, that. Uh, Mike Slane joined us, he, uh, or sent an email. He said, Hey, guys with ships, I just listened to the show in which you mentioned the caps lock feedback on iTunes. What you see there is an example of the vocal minority, a group that will never be satisfied. I can't obviously speak for everybody else, but seeing as I listen to every... Um, Goran. Yeah. Come on. Goran? Goran. It's, it's, it's a firefly. firefly. Yeah. yeah. Every Gorm. Okay. Other podcasts related to Star Citizen and every... Video RIS? RSI? RSI puts out. I'm really tired. It's been a couple hours. I think we're going to for you. You got this. Okay. 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 We're going to punch on through. Stop moving the thing around, please. I think I can say with confidence that your podcast is in the top two. Nice. Just like the old RTV, it's the chemistry between the hosts and obvious friendships that make it great to listen to, as well as the chit-chat about all the other things that guys like us enjoy. The atmosphere in the podcast uh, really does make people want to join you. Personally, I love the show, and please don't change a thing. Thank you for that, Mike. Um, And then you might remember our friend Sandman, who wrote just a little while ago. Well, he wrote back, Whoops, I thought Mark had left the show for some reason, LOL. Just heard him on the podcast. I didn't realize he was still on there. Sorry, Mark. When I said James, I meant Jimmy. LOL. Head smacks forehead. I gotta ask. Did like he leave with some sort of grandiose? Like I was gone. I was like sick for a little bit. Like no, it? no. <laughs> it was that he just wasn't <laughs> here. Everybody That's thinks all it that was he's just, just like one gone. day. And then they made up some uh, ridiculous story that I don't even know about. <laughs> uh, and then uh, apparently everyone thinks I was dead. So I, I, look, I, I had your back. I kept the whole time. I was like, he's just not here tonight. <laughs> Gleep. So what happened, Gleep? You know what? Leave it a mystery. It added a little spice I, to the adventure. I, I punked you. Yeah, That's obviously. 
All right, and then um, then the old Gleepster himself got some email. Man, it's just it's been crazy over at the uh, at the uh, Versecast post office. Let me tell you, um, it's a virtual post office. It's in our virtual hangar. It's right at the very back. You can go in the front, right in the very back. That's where the virtual post office is. Are you losing my mind? Said ignore the bad review. I for one am glad. You're, and this was to me. Um, you're a part of the show. I think you, your your whole crew does an amazing job. I look forward to your podcast every week, and I never miss an episode. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, are you losing my mind? And then to round it out, as as in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. The turd, the turd Ferguson, and he says, "Dearest Gleep, I am 100% on board with your sentiment." Disclaimer. This is my first experience with any sort of gaming community, but when I started getting into Star Citizen, I realized I would need friends. Maybe lots of them. However, I did not know how to go about finding these friends. Then I found you guys. You guys with ships. Now, a little bit about me, if you don't mind. Mrs. Turd and I have recently been into Myers and Briggs personalities. I think it's like a test uh, thing, like an assessment thing that, that folks do. And it turns out I'm solidly an INFP. I have no idea what That's that That's a four-dinner thing. Yeah, oh. I actually know what those are, but go ahead. All right. Part of what that means, he's going to explain, is that authenticity is a driver and decision maker for me. I reject false veneers while being drawn to the true, even if the false is shiny and pretty and ideal. I'd rather have the true, warts and all. So that didn't come out exactly how I intended. I don't think you guys are, you guys, I don't think of you guys as warts, which is really nice. I'm happy that I'm not. Uh, but he, thinks, he thinks of us more as ridges. Like a molish, kind of, not, not so many with hairs that come out of it. But you I'm know, not just, comfortable with this metaphor in the slightest. <laughs> not so much like a birthmark, but more like just like a puffy spot on your skin, you know. Like a, like a mole. Like a, like a mole on an right, old Italian woman's chin. Like a cute chin. mole, though, like along. a beauty spot. How about a festering boil? Oh, okay. We can go there, too. You are genuine and honest, and I totally dig that. Which brings me to that bad review you received. It's a bummer, yes, but this group isn't for everyone. It shouldn't be for everyone. He or she just didn't get it. That's okay. Personally, I can't wait to listen every week. I've had more fun following Star Citizen right along with you guys and playing GTA with you than I can even express. I am grateful that you continue to find motivation for doing the show because of you, Jonto, and Jimmy. I feel that I have succeeded in finding my friends and that I, the, my friends that I want to play with, hopefully for years to come. So if you ever need a Cutlass Red Pilot, someone to hand you a laser scalpel or someone to grab a pint at the space bar, I am your mad man. I feel like there should be so, a PSS yeah, I mean, that says, with respect to Mrs. Turd. <laughs> well, and, and he said uh, that wasn't intended for the air, but if I wanted to read it, I uh, I could, so I did, because uh, I just, I think that that's, that's, why we, that's why we do this. Since is, we're is in the mailbag, can I just briefly pl- plug a uh, Brisbane, Australia bar citizen that a message was sent to me over Discord a couple of days ago? Talk about, talk about random. Uh, but one of ours in, sent me a, a, a request to mention that there is a Aussie uh, bar citizen on March 26th uh, in Australia. So there you, there, nice. you, there you go. There's your plug. Anyway. And as I was saying, uh, this is why we do what we do is for friends like Turd. Um, it's, uh, it's really, uh, I think... Uh, um, uh, a, a perfect testament to uh, you know why why we started the show, why we do the show, and what we were hoping to accomplish. So, I think that's pretty cool. Thank you, Turd. Agreed. Appreciate the kind words. 
All right. So, anybody uh, have anything else they want to get into? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm feeling re- reinvigorated, re- re-energized. I'm a, I'm a bunny with fresh batteries. Yeah, you're not the one that's got to edit the show. I'm ready. I'm Let's ready go to, to engine instead. Then. I'm ready to go swim through my sea of lard. Why? I don't want to. Okay. Why? Just why? Now I have to think why? about that again. Why? And I'm going to bed soon. <laughs> I, oh. Read the notes, please, please. Sometimes just read the notes. Please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's enjin.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen, the base radio at thebase.sc, where you can find rebroadcasts of our shows throughout the week. Check out the new INN. It can be found at imperialnews.network. You can reach the podcast. Our email is comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI, Star Citizen Organization, can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. And we have a Spectrum page. Yes, it is robertspaceindustries.com slash spectrum slash community slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Like flying a whale through a sea of lard, we are not thought of as warts. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. My name is Jimmy, and uh, you will find me uh, spending the next few days editing all of the curse words out of the last two shows. I'm Ace Azamine. Uh, you can find all my information in the show notes, and uh, hear the team speak listening to Gleep and his mouth washed out with soap. Uh, mm, come by and say sure. hello, Mark. I just, I just want to go to sleep. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Mad cow, something, Mark, or whatever. You can read some show notes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, oh, Mark. Who, what? <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, then. We are those guys with ships, and this has been the verse. See you guys. Cast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Yes! Take this. Usurpage has occurred. Yeah.